husband, boyfriend, I've been thinking that we should maybe try an open relationship. Have you had that conversation with your partner? Maybe just throwing the idea around. It sounds pretty great, right? Have your lover and also sexual adventure with others. Have your cake and eat it too. Hey, Nat Tenchich here. And if you've ever considered an open relationship or maybe if you're in one right now, then you're going to want to stick around and listen to this. Now, having been in an open relationship myself, there are heaps of assumptions you make at the start about how it's going to work. You might make rules like no one's allowed to fall in love, no second dates, no dates on Wednesdays. I, your partner, take priority. You might start to see these rules go out the window as circumstances change. You might think you have a contingency plan for jealousy, that you might not even feel it. You might have to watch your partner fall for someone else or deal with that happening to you. All of these things are complicated. They can be so very worth it. But as polyam people often say, it's relationships on hard mode. You can't really dip a toe into non-monogamy. It can be a more shocking jump in than you might have believed. Jan Oliver Lux is the director and subject of a new documentary, There Is No Iron Threesome. In the film, when he and his partner Zoe decide to open their relationship in the year leading up to their wedding, what starts with a monogamish manifesto goes more and more into polyamory, with new loves and obstacles coming into the relationship. Everything that happens after leads to some difficult introspection, particularly for Ollie and the part he and his camera played in it all. So enjoy this conversation, a cautionary tale about non-monogamy from an early explorer. Ollie, welcome to The Hookup. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. So this is a story that I think is, is really amazing, but it's one that I think is becoming so much more common in modern relationships. I think there's this real curiosity about uh, non-monogamy and um, playing with the open relationships. So take me back to the beginning of your story. Like whose idea was it for like to go open? Um, and how did you feel about that at the time when you and your fiance were sort of figuring this out? Yeah. I, I think we brought it up around the same time. She may have mentioned it first, but it was certainly something that I thought about. And um, important to put it into context, this was back in 2014-15, where there was not nearly as much media out there, be it film or books, um, as there is now. So we were both curious about it, talked about it, um, hadn't really discovered, or I think we just started discovering Dan Savage, who talks about it a lot. And then um, not having anyone in our circle of friends who does it or did it, um, yeah, we we had we did a lot of talking before we jumped into it and, and made the made up a document that we called the Monogamish Manifesto, where we try to um, you know put put rational thinking around our emotions and 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 come up came up with rules that uh, were intended to keep each other safe in terms of you know ST, STIs and um, mental health. Um, emotionally safe, but also um, for the thirds to be fully um, informed about what we're doing. Rule number one, our primary goal is to create a fun, happy, healthy, sexually exciting relationship with each other. Satisfying our libidos and egos always comes second to the health and happiness of our relationship. The second rule of the manifesto, which states that there is to be plenty of warning before sleeping with someone else and that only same sees same-sex encounters are permitted. 
But I just fucked a guy, so we're way past that. Rule number three. Honesty is paramount, and we talk about every encounter. Yeah, a good place to start. Um, And how did you negotiate or decide you were going to document the experience? I'm a documentary filmmaker and have been for the last 12 years. So in a way, it's surprising it took me as long as it did to mention it because we were open and then I can't remember six six to eight months later I brought it up as an idea to actually document it because again no one we hadn't really seen anything about it so it just seemed like an interesting topic to um, point the camera at and we just shot it on our own iPhones and just sort of turned the camera around and um, filmed ourselves falling falling into this and 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 um, making mistakes learning from them discussing them a lot of discussions and uh, yeah sort of grew grew on camera yeah, that that's interesting. So you would you'd already been sort of dabbling with it and playing with it before the impact of the camera. Um, what did you kind of notice before and after bringing that into the mix? Yeah, it definitely sped up once we started filming it. Um, there was, you know, we, we started quite slow with just a few hookups a month, say, and, and we'd always make sure I would have one, she would have one. So it was all even and, and fair. But once the camera um, entered the scene, yeah, slowly but surely, my director brain took over and I perhaps agreed to things in the open relationship and later polyamory that uh, if, if we hadn't filmed it, I'm not sure I would have agreed to it, but I knew it was good content um, for the film. And, and so, yeah, it became the sort of conflict between me as the partner and me as the filmmaker and the filmmaking, the filmmaker side of me won out more often than not. Oh, no. I think everybody gets a bit of do it for the gram brain these days. I completely understand <laughs> that, that feeling. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's, I'm not proud of it, but it certainly took over. So let's talk about the story kind of in order because I do want to get to the, the filmmaking side of it as well. But um, So you, you discussed going open and exploring things and in the film uh, you get the impression that some of this is um, due to uh, your bisexuality and wanting to explore different aspects of that. I think that's kind of like a common bi thing that bisexuality and open relationships or non-monogamy can have a tendency to go hand in hand. Like, did you feel like this was a bit of a uniquely bi situation? Like, and how did you feel about that, that pressure to explore like every aspect of your sexuality? Yeah. It felt almost like a gateway drug where, Mm. you know, I, I was, by curious at that point I guess I hadn't really acted on it and so was my partner and at the start <clears throat> it just felt safer to um, only engage with the same sex um, there's a you know quite quite a primitive part of our brains that kicks kicked in for both of us when we engaged with the opposite sex so it wasn't an easing into the process of um, me only hooking up with guys and her only hooking up with women uh, which eventually changed but yeah it, it, it was a it felt like a safe way in. And, you know, because I hadn't explored that side of me um, before, it just added to the excitement and, and thrill of it all when, when it started us on this journey. You know, she, she was my partner, but also my best friend. And we would talk about it, everything openly. And coming out as bi, obviously, is a big deal. And uh, exploring totally different anatomy for the first time was so exciting and just to be able to share that to go through that process with your best friend was quite special yeah yeah it, it's something I've been through as well and it's really um yeah I I think it's it's definitely like a, an aspect of by life and culture where you kind of 
you you want to know or need to know that part of yourself and it's nice to be able to share that with your partner too it's it's really beautiful yeah you bring that excitement back into your own relationship you just feed of it feed of it and and you feed of each other um in that sort of excited state it's great yeah until it's not yeah <laughs> And let's get to that because how did things start to feel as um, those rules started to to break a little or, or fade away where, you know, as you said, you had the same sex rule where you could only be with someone of the same sex. So at what point did that shift and how did you deal with it? Yeah, I mean, uh, I should mention that we were um, adding to the mix that we were long distance and... Um, at one point, I think I mentioned, you know, I wouldn't mind if she wanted more, like someone who's a bit more emotionally involved because I couldn't be there for her because I was overseas. Um, and then pretty soon after that, she she met someone and it sort of clicked quite strongly straight away. So I went on a date with Tom. Who's Tom again? Tom, the guy who's directing my play. But it wasn't a date, but we just went, well, it... Now it's a date, but it wasn't supposed to be a date at the time. We just went for a beer after rehearsals and we carried on drinking and we just ended up at this club and we were dancing and and we were just talking and I <laughs> I could not stop laughing. Like my face was so sore from laughing. At that point, you know, the rules, as I said, we found loopholes and they sort of loosened a bit and you, you become a bit cocky and confident in the experiences that you had, or we did anyway, that... that I think we at one point we were like, oh, just, just let's get rid of the rules and open it up and become polyamorous. But that's a whole different ballgame. While we had vetting a vetting process when we were in an open relationship where we show each other sort of Tinder profiles and you know discuss them and whether they would be a good fit with Tom, the guy that she met. It was a bit less of that. They just sort of met off Tinder and suddenly I, <laughs> I met him on, on Skype. And yeah, it was, it was interesting. It was his first um, foray into open relationships or polyamory as well. And so we, I know, it was instantly different. It, it was instantly a competitive angle added to it um, that was hard to shake, that sort of jealousy part, yeah. Yeah, it, it's really, diff- it can be really difficult to grapple with, you know, like even the most practised polyam people have to deal with that from time to time. Um, I know that's the, yeah. the, the thing, like you, 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 you learn, the, the literature says, you know, jealousy is an emotion, you can overcome it, you just have to work on it. And yeah, we, I tried, we tried. Um, and I, yeah, I failed eventually. I think my ego was too big. <laughs> I don't know, but it, it is, it is very hard to do. Uh, yeah. Respect to the people who can turn that part of themselves off or who don't feel that strongly threatened. Yeah, yeah, it, it's um, the, the, there's lots of poly philosophy, you know, and it doesn't necessarily apply to everyone. I don't know. You can work on it. You can be naturally suited to it. You can find it more difficult, but it's it's really like it's not a one size fits all type of way of living. No, yeah, and <clears throat> you know, as I said, we we stumbled into it without really a support community around us or doing enough research beforehand and um certainly ways to do it better than we did but you know cautionary tale of how not to do it because because <laughs> i think that is such a um common poly story too where you say okay we're just gonna have an open relationship there's no feelings um just sex do you do you think that the feelings like can you really safeguard against that do you think the feelings are going to be a bit inevitable when you start moving into this space 
Yeah, I've wondered about that. And, you know, if if, if you were to, I mean, if, if I did it now, I'd do it differently, for example, to only both be in the same room at the same time where something happens and uh, perhaps not even do it in the town you live um, with someone you've never met and never will meet again just sort of to safeguard a bit more but but then the question around it is at one point you just you become complacent again with with having threesomes and then you might want more which is sort of what happened to us and um i think for me at least there would be a risk of uh if i opened up again that i would want more and more and more and then then eventually yeah emotions will be will be the thing that you you struggle with and you 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 come against and um yeah i i i think for myself just to be safe i i wouldn't i wouldn't risk it again just because i saw how it went the last time and um yeah i, I know for myself that i can't decouple um sex and emotion it's too risky yeah they go together they really do like not for everyone but for a, a great majority of people they really do you talk in the film about having your cake and eating it too using us as the main subjects the idea is to highlight an alternative to monogamy that you can have your cake and eat it too I love cake. <laughs> I think that's the the poly philosophy. Do you think you can? <laughs> is it is it officially? I don't actually know. I don't want to put words in their mouth. <laughs> they, they hate me already. I don't want to. <laughs> Having so many cake. You live in the bakery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what it was for a while, you know. Like, it, 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 it did seem like this thing, this untapped uh, holy grail of fulfillment where we were just amazed that not more people were doing it. And that's why we pointed the camera at it because we wanted to show how well it can work as, as an alternative and that you don't have to be bound in sort of monogamy and monotony. Um, yeah. Well, I want to talk about pointing the camera at it because um, we are going to hit the spoiler zone now. This is the hookup on Triple J. I'm speaking with Jan Ollie Lux. He's the director of There's No Eye in Threesome, uh, a really telling documentary, kind of documentary, um, because as it turns out, in the story, um, Zoe, the your ex in the story, um, falls for another man and and leaves the relationship. Um, so, firstly, how did it feel when she told you um, she was in love with someone else? Yeah, it wasn't great. I mean, <clears throat> at, at the time, I was um, it was the busiest I've ever been. Like, I was working full time. I was making a different documentary and had my own uh, girlfriend at the time while I was also with my fiance. So, I. I didn't really have the overview effect i was so in the in the in the thick of the woods is that what you say fuck i always struggle with english saying i just couldn't see the forest from the trees um yeah so I, yeah when when all that i mean I, I guess i could see it and then having the footage re-watching it later it was quite obvious that they were falling head over heels but at the time i guess it sort of went in but it didn't because i had the camera as sort of a, a filter a shield where i did register it but not really um i didn't have the time or the mental space to process it and just went with it and perhaps on one level knew it was risky for you know our well-being as a couple but also knew it was great uh drama for the for the documentary and so um allowed it to go further and, and perhaps even encourage it um because as i said before the the filmmaker in me is quite a strong force um to my own detriment that's that's a lot to admit as well that maybe you had a hand in 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 it in that way. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's, you know, it's not something I'm proud of, um, but also lesson learned of you know mixing your art and your real life. And um, yeah, my editor or our editor Francis, 
<clears throat> he had such a great saying. He would say um, that on one level, I either wanted it or I knew that the breakup was happening because you don't put a dash cam in a car to film the beautiful scenery, <laughs> which is such a great analogy. Um, yeah. So at the time, you know, when, when when she said she loved him and definitely took me about by surprise. But as, again, re-watching the footage, it was it was quite obvious that this was going in, in one direction only. At the point that she left you, um, she didn't want to finish the film with you or be involved in that. So w- tell me where, where your head was at when that happened. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you know, it was difficult for her as well, the decision to, uh, leave me you know nine months before the wedding and I think there was a certain amount of guilt and um, feeling sort of uh, ashamed for na- naive we both were and thinking this could work and she didn't really want that out in the world at the time which is fair enough um, so for a while it looked like uh, I lost my fiance and sort of the future we had planned um, but also the film that I in a way sacrificed it all for and that was a double blow yeah, and it took me, I think, about two weeks to um, come up with the idea of casting an actress to recreate parts of the relationship because we were long distance. She was filming her part uh, of the journey on her iPhone, and I was filming my part on my iPhone. So there were a lot. There was a lot of stuff that, that we could still use from my end, but obviously we couldn't use her stuff. Um, but we got her permission to go forward with making the film, telling the story, but not using her footage. And so that's what we ended up doing. So it's now sort of a blend and blur. Um, between the real footage and the recreation and hopefully you don't notice when it's what. (laughs) You absolutely don't notice. When that twist came in, I was freaking out. (laughs) (laughs) You started auditioning actresses and then you get to um, Natalie who plays your ex in the movie and I went, no, no, oh, my God. Like, it, it felt really um, it felt really authentic, um, which was just, it's just a real testament to you. So congrats on that. Oh, a testament to her, yeah. I mean, Natalie, you know, she's, she's an amazing um, director, writer in her own right and has a lot of experience with um, improvisational comedy and was just so quick on her feet and um, in the end was cast because of our chemistry and how good she was in um, coaxing the best performance out of me who's I'm not an actor so I just had to play myself but um, the version of myself that came out with her was definitely the funniest and the most entertaining so yeah uh, the film wouldn't exist and would not nearly be as successful without having found Natalie and her being part of it yeah so super grateful that she came onto the scene. Yeah and so then it became an exercise of reliving this relationship and I'm I was curious about whether like did you see your your ex-fiance's footage like did you get to see that so you could recreate it or did you have to kind of fill in those blanks on your own yeah no even during the relationship I um, saw her footage because we didn't have a budget and I mean, this is so stupid in hindsight, but I I was sort of charged with cutting the the teaser trailer to get funding. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I saw things I shouldn't have seen and uh, we had a big falling out about it. And it's not my proudest moment, but um, seeing her intimate footage, not sexually intimate, but emotionally intimate footage with um, her now husband and them falling head over heels and confessing love for each other, reading poetry to each other, all those things um, sort of burned the, burned itself into my brain, and um, that's what we recreated it from. Yeah, it's hard to hard to shake um, images of your fiance falling in love with someone else. It's not. Yeah, wouldn't recommend it. It's not great. I guess I'm just sort of understanding now that we 
you know, we're going over a bridge and suddenly there's your life with me, but there's also a separate life where you have right. secrets. Um, well, they're not secrets, they're just... No, I know, but it does feel like I'm giving up part of you and, you know, like, it's only it's a little bit less of Zoe left. No, and so watching that, but then also, yeah, um, directing the recreation of that, reliving your own kind of experience. Like, what did you learn from doing that? Yeah, it was fascinating because, I mean, the the main thing I learned was just how um, emotions write opinion and memory. And, um, you know, straight after the breakup, I knew what I had done wrong that caused uh, the breakup and um, tried my best to remember those lessons. And uh, then it took a whole year for us to rewatch the footage of what actually happened. And in that year, sure enough, I, I painted myself as the victim and her as the villain and uh, sort of blurred out my wrongdoings and my faults. And that happened twice, actually. So, so it was interesting, even knowing, knowing the process and how it happened the first time, it, it happened again because there was another year period where between watching it, the footage for the first time and the second time. Like each time my own story just sort of shifted into me not being the villain in my own story, which, you know, makes sense. You, it's kind of a protection mechanism. You can't see yourself in a bad way because otherwise how can you live with yourself? But just to see that happen made me, I think, um, understand myself better, my, my flaws and just how memory and opinions are shaped and flawed and um, being a bit more aware and, and, and trying to take a breather before judging others and uh yeah it, it was just fascinating and, and we had a lot more about all of that stuff um after the reveal after um the twist in the film um w- which we ended up cutting up because it just became a bit too much and um there's only so much you can learn from me saying it versus experiencing it for yourself you know it's such a privilege that i had that position and, and got to see relive um my flaws and mistakes again and again and yeah i think i definitely changed as a person and hopefully for the better. And so you you say you've changed as a person. Like, how has that impacted your relationships and your approach to relationships since? Yeah, I'll tell you once I have another one. <laughs> so um, <laughs> we just finished the film, I guess, uh, last year, late last year. And so it's been five years since the start of the making of it. And oh, it's been almost five years since the breakup. And I've just sort of been suspended in my past relationship um, because of the film and found it tricky if not impossible to move on from it. So I've tried other relationships since then, but I've, you know, didn't really work because my heart and my head was still in the film and having to finish that and um, finish that relationship um, with the film. So I haven't had the chance to put my lessons into practice, uh, so to speak. So I'm I'm, I'm slowly um, entering back onto the dating scene and I'll, I can do a sequel and update and <laughs> let you know how, how it goes. But hopefully, um, hopefully I actually take those lessons forward. There's yeah. one eye in dating, uh, the sequel to. <laughs> yeah. There's yes. no eye in threesome. Um, I mean, speaking of other girlfriends, um, you so you had another girlfriend during this um, open polyamorous relationship. Um, her name's Siobhan, and she plays herself in the movie. Yeah. Um, did she? How, how did she feel about it? Um, what was her perspective being being part of this project? Um, always super supportive. And, you know, she's got a very artistic background, so she understands um, my need to tell the story and to 
write myself back together. And um, we should mention as well that, you know, when I got broken up with, uh, Siobhan and I broke up as well because I was just wallowing in, in self-pity and couldn't really um, date anyone else. And she was always understanding and um, has always sort of, yeah, always put myself or the film before her. Yeah, Like she's such a giver, you know, to, to a fault. She's just the loveliest and kindest person. And um, we're still very good friends. And she's been part of the journey all the way through. And when we had the uh, crew screening in Auckland a month ago, which was an emotional evening, but, you know, seeing her appear and, and, and be part of it and being part of the whole journey, I just had a big, um, big sob in my shoulder and, and broke down because I'm just so grateful that um, she, yeah, that she let me make the film and, and that she was part of the recreations and all of it. Yeah, she's been just a great, great sport, great person, lovely. And, you know, we're watching the footage, a lot of people were like, oh, you're such an idiot. Should have, why didn't you go? Why didn't you end up with Siobhan? <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> which is, became obvious re-watching the footage afterwards and what I missed out because um, because I was blindsided by my need to make the film instead of seeing what was in front of me. Um, yeah, but happy to say that we're super close friends now. That's awesome. I'm glad because she's so sweet. Mm. <laughs> like, what a gorgeous she's character. She's so sweet. Yeah, no, she's, yeah, she's great. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's a really weird experience um, and a very polyamorous experience to, like, be with someone while also go, going through a breakup. It's um, right. Have you had that experience yourself? I have had that experience myself. It's um, yeah. it messes with your brain. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, I'm I'm sure for all parts, right? Like it's there's no there's no black or white. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's just an entanglement. Like you, it's exponentially more complicated when you add one person, let alone two. And that's my big takeaway for why I wouldn't try polyamory again i just like head head off to uh people who can do it and who have the time and energy to do it but i for myself i'm too lazy i think and i just yeah i just i don't know i i, I prefer uh, monotony and, and and boredom that may arise in a monogamous relationship um over the thrill but also immense hard work that comes with a polyamorous relationship absolutely and that's fair like we said it's each to their own no one's no one should be forcing anyone to go one way or the other no exactly no you can't you can do it successfully and there are people who do it well um i obviously or we weren't uh <laughs> we weren't um two of those people um yeah we made a lot of a lot of mistakes like we could have put certain things in place to do it better but I, I don't actually know if that would have changed the end result where in the end we perhaps weren't as good a match as I remembered initially and um, I'll have the footage to prove it. We talked about having your cake and eating it too before. One thing I really took away from the film was I wasn't sure if you could have your cake and eat it too when it comes to your career and your dream and your relationship. What do you think about that? Yeah again I haven't dated in the last five years and it, it feels a little bit like waking up from a coma where suddenly I'm 37 and um my life feels pretty empty outside of my work i fear the weekends because um that's where you sort of second guess all your life choices and i'm not busy with work yeah i, I know a lot of people have that problem of the work-life balance and i be the last one to know because i haven't had a relationship in the last five years but i'll you know i'll do my best to um try to prioritize the relationship next time and and be present and pay attention to what's in front of me um yeah yeah. Have you been able to make peace with your ex? Has she seen the film? Yep. So she saw it um, last year. We had a slightly different ending 
and surprise, um, she really loved it. <laughs> I mean, I, I should say again, she gave us green light to make it in the first place, but then she kind of didn't really want anything to do with it. But you know, a year, two years passed, and she watched it and um, with her now husband um, Tom, and yeah, they both loved it. They had small, small issues with you know the way, the way I portray Tom, the guy she left me for. It's fair <laughs> enough. Like <laughs> he does come <laughs> off as a bit of an asshole. You're both directors. Did you feel threatened by that? Under any theater. And you make documentaries, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, is that really directing? <laughs> <laughs> Wonder why. But that was kind mm. of the point. You know, once once you once you see the reveal and, and how it's all a construction, um, it, I think it makes sense. And like for me, it's kind of funny. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, you know, that's how I that's how I I do remember him. And he was a bit standoffish. And I'm sure, he's lovely in other respects, but I don't have to like him. <laughs> Well, Ollie, it's a fascinating project and a a really revealing watch. Thank you for putting so much of yourself out there and and that vulnerability and and learning something about the the space you hold in a relationship and and the real mistakes you make. It's really valuable to see. So, um, yeah, thank you for chatting with us. And um, it's it's an incredible piece of work. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Cheers.